Welcome to the Free Life Chapel podcast, where we help you discover and live the free life in Christ. We're so glad you set aside time to join and connect with us. I know you'll be impacted by and through today's message. Now let's jump into it. How many of y'all um, got family? Got family? I ain't say if you like your family, I just said if you had it. Some of y'all say, ooh. We, we, all, we all have this thing of family, whether it's family of choice, fa- family of origin, we, we have family. And family means different things to different people. Uh, and, and some people have had amazing experiences with family, and for some, family has not been the best. But what I want to talk about today is what God's perspective is on family, on our family business. What was God's intention for family? What does God's word say about how to have the best family life possible? According to scripture, what does he say? You see, God's design for the family was to be a place that was joyful. We walk in the hallways hearing hearing laughter, hearing jokes, not so tight and rigid and having to walk on eggshells, but a place where you were able to be free, to let go, to experience all emotion. It's supposed to be life-giving. Man, I remember growing up, uh, whenever I would have uh, my friends, we we were talking like, hey, we want to hang out. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? I always wanted my friends to come to my house because I knew that my house was a fun house. And it wasn't because of me, but it was because Pastor Scott, I'm gonna call him dad, my dad was the biggest jokester ever. You think he's funny up here in the sounds and animal voices and stuff like that that he makes. He was even better at home. And I, so I, I loved my friends coming over. Why? Because I knew it was a life-giving place. They were going to have a great time while they were there. Home is supposed to be a place of celebration. I'm celebrating what people are doing. I'm celebrating the moves that people are making. I'm celebrating the advances that are going on in people's life. Home is supposed to be a place of love, a place of humility. Home was designed to be a great place. The reality is home was designed to be one of our favorite places to ever be. That's, that's what home was designed to be. And then you and I came into it. No, let, let, let's talk real. How many of y'all have some amazing memories with your families? You some amazing memories. Polk CI, you watching online, y'all have some amazing memories with family. Maybe it's that family vacation that you compare any other vacation you go to to that one. Maybe it was a, a, a family staycation that you did that. We didn't go anywhere, but man, the time that we had together was amazing. Maybe it was during 2020 when you were locked together. Or maybe not, or, or, or maybe not. We, a lot of us have so many amazing memories uh, when it comes to family and, and things that we can pull back to. But why is it that family can, while it's one of my greatest blessings, they also some of my biggest headaches? I didn't say my parents, I said family, you called yourself out. Why is it that, why is it that family can be some of our biggest headaches? Why is it I'm getting such looks right now? <laughs> Why is it that family could be some of our big, biggest headaches? We're there with them all the time. We know all the ins and outs. Like somebody, somebody say, hey, I got, just got done talking with your brother and sister. What they said now. And I'm going to tell you if it was real or if they was faking it just because it was on the phone, which is like, like, what aspect was it? Family, good times, bad times, high times, low times, they're... We have all of them because family's always 
there. It, it, it's always in your face, it, not just at the family reunions, but on f- the family on social media and the family of choice. And we're always surrounded by these relationships that many times we would, we would call family. But what makes it so hard for us to deal with our families? Why is it so hard for us to sometimes love our family? Why is it so hard for us to sometimes forgive our family? Why I give forgiveness to my friends before I give forgiveness to my family? Why is it so hard for me to be intentional with my family unlike I do with other areas of my life? Why is that? I would say it has to do with this one word, familiarity. Familiarity. Treating something or someone as common, usual. It is what it is. Mediocre. Mediocrity. That, this idea of you're no longer special so I'm just going to treat you. I'm, I'm taking you for granted. I'm so used to your presence. I'm so used to your voice that you're just another opinion out of this big world of ours that it, you no longer have that special place in my life. See, because of familiarity, I'll go off on my family differently than I would out in public. Pastor Cindy. Be, because of familiarity... I'll disrespect family in a way that I wouldn't disrespect a stranger. Out of familiarity, I'll treat family however I feel, not based on a standard to how I know I need to act. Because familiarity, it's something that creeps into all of us. And then I'll use phrases like, oh, well, they know me, so they know what I mean. Or I'll use a phrase of, this is just the raw, real version of me. This is just me being unfiltered. No, it's me being inconsiderate. It's me treating you as common. And so I no longer, I'd say, I'm just putting my guards down. No, I'm putting my respect down is what I'm doing. And that's not any way for any kind of family, any kind of relationship to be. I don't want anybody to do that with me, but I do that with people. And I don't mean to, I have the best intentions. But sometimes these acts and these follow-throughs, they mess up. And it's because treating others as common is like a cancer in our life. It's like a cancer. It's quiet, but it's deadly. I might not see it, but I'm seeing the effects of it. And I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And and unless I'm searching for it, and unless I'm purposefully checking myself, I might not know that that's what it is, but it is very visible to everybody else what the problem is. It's, I've been in situations where I've blamed friends, I've blamed family, I've blamed coworkers for all these different things that were going on. And, and I had somebody look up at me. They said, Caleb, you're having a really hard time with your family. I said, yeah, I am. So at the same time, you're having a really hard time with your friends. Yeah, I am. And you're having a hard time with your coworkers. Yeah, I am. Whose fault is it? Theirs or yours? Because you're the common denominator in the problem. It was a reality check. Not something that I wanted to hear, but something that I needed to hear. Why? Because I was treating people as common. I had lowered people's worth to just something that I can do whatever I choose rather than choosing to honor them, choosing to respect them. You see, being familiar with my relationships with family can mess up a healthy family. Many of you, you've heard the analogy, maybe you've even said it, it only takes one bad apple to 
to spoil the rest? Exactly. Same thing with our families. It only takes one person at treating people as common in order to create a division inside of the family. Division at the dinner table. Division on that family text message group. Division at the reunion. Division at the vacation. And then now it affects everybody because one heart was treating people as common. See, many times I'm learning I don't have a people problem. I have a familiarity problem. That's my problem. Maybe it's yours too. But maybe you can say that that's your problem where people aren't necessarily my problem, but maybe I'm just not doing the best with treating people as honorable. I'm treating them more as common or they're there. It's another day another Tuesday, another Wednesday where I get the opportunity to see you rather than being intentional with the time that I have. Um, how many of y'all like shoes? Like shoes? Cool. I, I like shoes. I don't got the best shoe game, but I got some guys that help me out with my shoe game. I, I, I like shoes. Thank you, Pastor. I, I, I like my shoes. And, um, you know, I notice every now and then I, I get a new pair of shoes and, 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 I, and I like what happens. I like what happens when I get my new pairs of shoes. Um, Anybody else, you're like over the top with your shoes? We're here together. All my shoes stay in the shoe box. I don't want to mess them up. It, it protects them. I purposefully fold the inside paper. I keep it. It keeps it dusted. Whenever I take out my shoes... I have a shoe tree that goes on the inside of them because I want them to stay nice, stretched. I don't want the creases to get on this. I got crease inserts I put on the inside of my shoes. I'm very particular with how I treat and handle my shoes. After I wear them, I go back and I clean them immediately right before I put them in the box to make sure they're ready for the next run. I love my shoes. Why is it that I treat my shoes better than I treat people? Why is it that I treat, sometimes I treat a thing, something that I can purchase over and over again. I treat it with more respect. I treat it with more delicacy. I treat it with more intentionality than I do my relationships. Listen, this will get answers as to why my shoes don't talk back to me. My shoes don't tell me to pick my clothes up off the floor and put them in the hamper. Shoes don't tell me to do the dishes. But my shoes can't give me the benefit of relationship. They stay in the box. Looks great for a second. But then they go right back. And there's no blessing that comes on that back. So what can I do in order to make sure that I'm treating people Not the same, better than I treat things. For you, it might not be shoes. Maybe it's money. I treat my money better than I treat people. I I invest in my money and I'm more particular with my money than I am with my relationships. Maybe it's your car. Maybe I clean and I detail my car more than I detail my relationship with my spouse or my relationship with my kid, making sure that all the crevices are tucked in and tight and nice. Maybe it's clothes. Maybe it's technology. Whatever it is, maybe there's something that's on the forefront of your mind that there's been a time where I've treated maybe my business better than I'm treating 
my family? How can I make these things different? Why do I treat things better than I treat people? It's because of familiarity. When I get familiar with things, I have a pair of shoes. I call them my beaters. At one point in time, they were in the box. They were something that was nice and clean, but as time went on and the more and more I wore them, the more and more they got dirty. And so now those are my everyday shoes that I don't care what happens to them. I got familiar and familiarity breeds dishonor. Well, I'm now treating you as something common because I just see you as something so regular or available. Now, what's the opposite of familiarity? Honor. Honor the Bible, all throughout the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, page one to page 5,000, whatever it is, all throughout the Bible, the Bible talks about this idea of honor. Everybody say honor. honor. Everybody say honor. honor. You watch online, type in honor. Honor is a huge thing to live our life by. First Peter chapter two, verse 17, it says this, honor everyone. What did it say? Honor everyone, love your brothers and sisters in the faith, fear God, honor the emperor, honor everyone. That doesn't say honor the people that you know their name. Doesn't say honor just your family. Doesn't say honor the people that you like. It says honor everyone, which means that it's not my job to decide who gets honor. It's not my job to see, um, are you worthy of it or not? Like, that, that, that ain't up to me. That, that's not my job. That's above my job description. Why? Because God already said, I want you to honor everybody. But here's the reality. I can't treat you as common and honorable at the same time. Though those are counterintuitive. I, I, I can't do that. I have to pick one or the other. So when I decide... To be perfect, but to do my best with treating family with honor, people with honor. Things begin to change. A shift happens because honor is about our heart, not people's worth. Which means you don't have to earn my honor. I give it because I'm honorable. It's who I am and nothing to do with what you do. It's who I am. So I'm going I'm to give honor. That's what I do. But here's the thing. Because you are honorable, when you act in honor at work, at home, at the job, at the gym, wherever your location is, people feel better around you. They feel empowered because you stepped in. Because when I'm honoring somebody, I'm elevating you. And how many times do we try to fight our way to the top? What if we took somebody and we rose them up themselves? It takes all that effort out. I'm right there. People want to talk to you when you treat them with honor. People are encouraged by you when you treat people with honor. People are motivated by you when you treat people with honor. See, God's getting in our family business today talking about this idea of honor. Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. It's a verse that I grew up hearing a lot. Um, a lot. It says this, honor your father and mother so that your days may be prolonged and in the land of the Lord your God gives you. This verse right here is a part of one of the Ten Commandments that God wrote. One of the 10 things he said, I could give you a whole long list, but let's hit these 10 things and there's things that tie into it. And this is the first uh, uh, commandment that God has given that has a promise attached to it. If you honor, then I will. Which means if I don't, then he won't. <laughs> I want 
all that God has for me. I want the best. And he, thankfully, God does not keep it a secret as to how can I get this. He wants us to walk in this thing fully. So how do I operate in this thing? Yes, this verse talks about honoring our biological mother and father. For sure it does. But there's some other things that this verse makes me think of. The first thing is this. As I read the Bible, I notice that God is often called God the Father. Why is it that God could choose any title to give himself and he chose God the Father? It's a term of relatability. It's a term of relationship. I want to be more than just a friend. I want to be more than just an acquaintance. I want to be a father figure. Father figures are influential in our life. A father figure is an honorable position in the home. It is the head. And so, which means God saying, I want to be the head of what leads and guides your life and your decisions. I want to be that. That's why God the Father is referenced 419 times in the Bible. I think God cares about being our father. He, he, he does. How we honor in our family relationships translates to how we honor in other people. When I honor family right, when I honor God right, it's easy for me to honor other people right and other people properly. See, my idea for relationships first came from my family. I didn't know what honor was. And you know, they say more gets caught than gets taught. Oh, okay, well, maybe I'm just a slow learner and it took me a little while, but more gets caught than gets taught with me. So I remember growing up, uh, how I talk about my family to my friends was heavily influenced based on my parents. How, how I talk about my wife to my son is heavily influenced based on what I had experienced with growing up. How I talk to my parents about my wife, heavily influenced about how I saw my parents doing it as I was growing up. See, family, it sets the tone, it sets the lens for how honor and respect and relationships should be. And that's exactly what happened with this cat named Noah. Everybody say Noah. It's exactly what happened with this cat named Noah. Noah was this guy that God told to build the ark, right? And it took about 120 years from the time he was told to build the ark to when this flood came. And, and Noah, his family saw him for 120 years working, preparing, doing all these things with no visible evidence of the need to do so. I'd have thought my daddy was crazy. <laughs> daddy, you say it's gonna rain, it's gonna flood, what? Like our sprinklers don't even work. Like we ain't never had rain come from the sky. Like what, what, what's going on here? Noah obviously was doing something right where his sons were able to see him, one, honor God, and two, honor his family because the Bible says that when Noah's sons were older was the time that they actually went into the ark. And Noah, his wife, his sons, and their families went into the ark with him. And then it was Noah's families that repopulated the earth. Noah, Noah had something going on right. He knew something about how to honor people because it's one thing for me to honor my parents while I live under their household. It's a whole nother thing when I get older, I'm able to do my own thing and then they're still honorable. There's, I'm still willing to go under their submission because of not just how I honor them, but how they honor me. See, honor is not a one-way street. Honor goes in every single direction. Noah, Noah had this down. But there's something to remember about honor. I don't honor anybody because they're perfect. 
Because if that was the stipulation, as great as Pastor Scott and Pastor Cindy are, I would not honor them. They're human. It would be wrong of me to put the expectation of them being perfect. If, if perfection was what it was, it would be wrong of me to expect my wife and my son to honor me. Because I mess up all the time. Thank God she's not in this service to amen. I, I, I mess up all the time. So perfection, perfection is not, is not the goal. It, it's intention. It, it, it's the effort. It's the pursuit that makes that difference. And Noah's sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, they, they kind of saw this thing playing out. And one time Noah, he, he got drunk, had a little bit too much at Lynx's the night before. And while he was out there, while he was drunk, his youngest son walked in on him. And his daddy was laying there with all his glory to be seen. His daddy was just laying there with everything out. And the youngest son, he thought it was the funniest joke. He said, ooh, I'm going to get my daddy. And he went and he ran to his brothers. He started gossiping, laughing, and mocking his dad, or their dad. He was like, ha! Daddy done screwed up. Like going crazy. Like I just picture this in my head. Like it would be a phenomenal Kevin Hart movie. Like it, I just picture this whole comedy scene going on. The older brothers, the older brothers, they, they went in, Sham and Japheth. And the Bible is very particular to say they brought in cloaks to cover their father. And they kept their heads turned away in order to maintain as much honor for their father as possible. Same household, two different ways of honor. Same household, two different things, which means this. Honor is my decision. It's not something that just gets bred into me. I have to make a daily decision to honor. I can't just say, well, this is how it was. No, you and I, we have these choices in order to bless our life up by honoring other people. It's a decision that we can make. See, here's the thing, Shem and Japheth, the oldest two sons that were honoring their father, they didn't agree with his actions, but they honored his position in their life. And the Bible goes on to say in this story that Noah prayed a blessing over Shem and Japheth, the two that covered him, and he prayed a curse over Ham and his entire lineage because of his dishonor. Dishonor exposes, but honor protects. That's why it's so important for you and I in our family business to have honor because I want my family to know that I will protect this house. I will do everything that I can. I'm not going to be able to do everything, but when it comes with honor, when it comes with keeping family things, family things. Family talks as family talks. I learned very young, I learned very young, my parents would sit me down, Caleb, we need to have a conversation as family. And it's not that what we're saying is wrong, but that does mean that if somebody's not family, they might not understand this kind of a conversation. There's a difference. Family talks, honoring, protecting, securing. That way we can continue to move things forward. See, there's so many blessings that come on the backside of honor. I get asked a lot of times, Caleb, your parents are the pastors. Yeah. Say, why don't you call them mom and dad? Why do you always call them Pastor Scott and Pastor Cindy? Listen, I, I love my mom and daddy, and I'm, I call them mom and daddy on the regular. I, I, I call them to save to my phone. Is that they're not saved to my phone as Pastor Scott and Pastor Cindy. 
That, that is my mom and dad, which is the best title because there's no other mom and dad I have in my life. I honor and respect them for that position. However, they are also my pastors, which they, there is a difference. Not one more honorable than the other. I just get the opportunity to honor them in two completely different ways. But I didn't learn that on my own. I learned that honor. See, honor is something that you and I learn. It's not something that we're just, we adapt to where it innately comes out of us. I can learn how to be more honorable with my family, learn how to be more honorable in my relationships. And that's exactly what I did because I saw my parents honoring my dad's parents as both pastor and parents. I saw what this looked like. I had a firsthand experience of what went good, what went sideways, how to do this thing, what not to do. I got the chance to experience. See, my honor is going to be a great example for Malachi. A great example of what to do or a great example of what not to do. But either way, I am modeling what honor looks like to him. In the same manner, your honor matters. You were influencing people every single day. Family, you better believe it. Kids, grandkids, nieces, you better believe it. Uh, Co-workers, friends, you better believe it. Our honor speaks volumes, and it's going to help train people, coach people, let people know how to do this thing or how not to. So how do I do this honor thing? If it's so important, if it's such a big thing, if there's so many blessings that are attached to it, how do I do this thing? Matthew chapter 7, verse 12 says this, do to others whatever you would like them to do for you. This is the essence of all things taught in the law and in the prophets. How can I honor my family better? A couple practical things that, makes, that I think of immediately, and you might have more to add to this list, but number one, Celebrate my family. It's really hard for me to be dishonorable and celebratory at the same exact time. Because when I'm celebrating you, I'm, being, I'm humbling myself, saying, stop talking about me, and I'm going to celebrate you. And I'm going to clap for the promotion that you got, even though I'm still waiting on mine. I'm going to clap for the raise that you're getting, even though I haven't got mine. I'm going to clap for the answered prayers that you're getting, even though I'm walking through my own situation now. I can honor you in that way. I can celebrate you. The second thing that I would say is this, serve the family. In, in my house growing up, again, I'm not saying this the only way, but it made a difference. In my house, if you was in the house, you had to contribute to the house. There were no paid chores. I mean, like, I ain't mad for some back pay. But it, there were no paid chores. But honestly, I'm glad I didn't get paid. Looking back on it, I, I'm glad. Hard in the beginning. I didn't understand it. Heard friends talking about how they did. And it was not wrong that they did. It, 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 has, not, it has nothing to do with right and wrong. But for me and my personality, I'm so glad because I learned how to serve without the expectation of getting anything back. How can I give just to give? How can I give just to be involved and in connection? And I learned the more I gave to my family, the more connected I felt with my family. It intermingled our hearts together because we were all serving, working, fighting for the same exact thing. Another way to honor my family 
is I can do what I said I'm going to do. I said I'm going to go to that dinner, you're going to see me there. I said I'm going to be at that vacation, you're going to see me there. I said you could call me whenever times get tough. I can't put my phone on do not disturb all day. Like I, I, I need to be there. Why? Because when I do that, I'm showing them that I'm trustworthy. Wait, I want you to be able to trust me. I honor you enough to do what I said I was actually going to do. It makes a difference in our homes. The last thing I would say is this. How do I honor my family? Give them compliments. I, I got convicted of this a little while back. I was more celebratory in complimenting other people and strangers than I was the people that I was the closest to. I would tell everybody on social media how great they are. Meanwhile, Pastor Scott gets up here on a weekly basis and then on a daily basis in, in, connecting with, with me in my life and fathering me and showing me how to do this parenting thing. And I wasn't celebrating him, but I was celebrating somebody who doesn't even know my name. How can I give compliments better to my family's case? Western Reserve University did a study and saw five things happen whenever you compliment somebody, not when you receive them, when you and I give them. Number one, it increases your happiness to give a compliment away. It makes you more grateful. It strengthens your interpersonal relationships. It increases your stress, resilience, and physical health to give a compliment away. And it increases a ripple effect of positivity in your life because what I'm look I always find what I'm looking for. If I want to talk about something negative, I can find something negative real quick. But as soon as I start training myself to see the positive, compliment the positive, compliment the positive, I train my mind to see the positivity in life and it makes life come to full living color the way that God intended for it to be this is family business not treating people as common I'm honoring there's honor there's blessings that come on the backside of my honor everybody stand to your feet pastor Scott last week you heard him say it up here what time is it what time is it Last week, we had Spirit Encounter Night. Pastor Scott said, hey, I want to challenge everybody. If you wear a watch, take your watch. It's been a week, Pastor, so I put it back on my other wrist. But he said, <laughs> he said, if you wear a watch, I want you for one week straight to wear your watch on the other wrist. Because I want you, whenever you go to look at it, you, you realize, oh, shoot, it's on this one. Oh, yeah, that's right, because it's my time. That's why. My time. When we, he first said that challenge, I was up here on the stage with the worship team. I couldn't even buckle my watch on the opposite hand. I didn't know how to, I looked so awkward and goofy. I had no idea how to get this thing done. But then, yesterday, I'm getting up to go to the gym. It's early in the morning. And I naturally just put it on my opposite hand. It just naturally started happening. Here's what I know. I might know, know exactly how to start honoring my family. And I might look awkward at first, and it might feel forced at first, but if I just keep going, and if I allow it to become a routine, I'll look up a couple of days later and see, man, I, I got this, it's not as weird as it was. The hardest part is taking the first step. We're talking this whole year, 
Take another step. Take another step to honoring your family and your family business. Take another step. What does it look like for you and your family in 2023? As for me and my house, we will honor. As for me and my house, there will be a respect. As for me and my house, I won't treat you as common because God doesn't see you that way. And I don't want to limit your price that God sees you based on my opinion. I want to keep you elevated. There's this phrase that I heard growing up my whole life. Honor up, honor down, honor all around. Honor up. I can't honor you right until I honor God right. If I'm not honoring God right, I can't honor people right. We need to make sure we're honoring God right. Let's keep the main thing the main thing. But then I'm honoring down to people I don't know. That's not people that are less than me. It's just people that I might not have interpersonal relationship with. It's people who can't do anything for me and I'm still gonna honor you. But when I'm checking out at Walmart, I'm gonna call you by your name. Why? Because you have a name. You're not just a person. You're not just a thing. You're not just an attendant. No, you are an individual. How can I find ways to honor down people who can't do nothing for me? I'm still gonna give you to you. And then honoring all around with my family, with my friends, kids honoring their parents, honoring their friends, parents honoring their kids. One of the biggest, one of the biggest influences in my life that had to do with honor was I was in high school. My mom and dad, they got into a disagreement that changed the atmosphere of our home. They weren't calling each other outside of their names that we don't do that. Our house, we don't do that. But the conversation went where it does not normally go. And it proceeded to start in the living room and then it went away and they, they reconciled everything in, uh, in a whole nother room away from me. But I was there at the start of it. I remember a little while later, about 10, 15 minutes later, my dad said, Caleb, I need to see you. I'm, Man, I ain't even did nothing. <laughs> Sitting on the couch eating cheese. It's like, I'm not doing nothing. My dad said, Caleb, I need to apologize to you because I dishonored you and I need to apologize to your mother in front of you because I dishonored her. Because I changed the atmosphere that we all fight so hard to keep in this house. I let it go somewhere where it shouldn't have gone. I'm sorry. That made one of the biggest impacts in my life. You talk about training up a child in the way that they should go. That was that for me, honor. It doesn't have an age limit. It's just something that I do. I want my house to change, I gotta bring honor back. I want my family to change, let's bring honor back. My relationships to change, bring honor back. Want my work encounters to change, let's bring honor back and watch what happens. Jesus, we love you so much. Thank you for being there for us and for helping to teach us a a better way to do things, a better way to do life, always calling us to the next level type of living. God, I pray that you help us see people the way that you do. Help us first honor you properly so we can honor all those that we come into encounter with on a day-to-day basis. Jesus, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you for everything that you do for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you enjoyed today's message, we invite you to connect with us by following us on our social media platforms or through our website at freelifechapel.org. Thank you for joining us today. Have a wonderful week.